0: Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. You know, it's been over two years since January the 6th, and there are nearly a 1,000 people still incarcerated uh, for their actions on that day. Many of them did nothing, peaceful protesters. Uh, We're going to hear today from the wife of a deputy sheriff who was there that day, Uh, just a law-abiding guy who uh, was certainly on the side of the police, And he found himself in that famous, infamous tunnel where Roseanne Boyland was trampled to death and also beaten by a female uh, District of Columbia policewoman. You can see it. I've seen the videos myself. And um, this girl's husband was trying to resuscitate Roseanne, and he's been arrested for that. She has not seen him at all in 18 months, not allowed to see him. So we'll talk about that. And we're also going to hear from Julie Kelly, who has the latest. Julie is probably the premier journalist on this beat and she's been in the courtroom. She's been tracking the prisoners and she's going to give us an update on uh, what's happening with them. So uh, th- I think you're going to find this fascinating if you don't well take a pulse because I think this is great information and it's, uh, there are some things we can do today too that you're going to find out about. So, but uh, let me just say that we have Preborn as a sponsor for which we are very, very grateful. Uh, you know, Uh, that they provide ultrasounds for women who are not sure they want to keep their babies. And it's $28 for one ultrasound, and it's $140 for five ultrasounds. And you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy to make your most generous donation. But a little bit different ask today. You know, some of you have more resources than others. Uh, And if you have uh, the means, because some of you have been very blessed in spite of the economic climate now, would you consider a leadership gift and donate a complete ultrasound machine? These life-saving machines cost $15,000, and that's more than most of these pregnancy centers can afford. Your tax-deductible donation will save countless lives for years to come. Get involved today. You just have to go to preborn.com sandy. That's preborn.com sandy. All right. Well, sit back and relax and uh, take get your pencil and your paper because there are things that you can do today that I think you're really going to want to do. So stay tuned to this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational.
1: And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I
0: think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. All right, my next guest, you always hear <laughs> Julie Kelly with me by phone. She's never across from me. And so this is a real privilege. And even though both of us are Chicago gals, yes. we didn't know each other in Chicago.
2: Uh, well, I knew of you.
0: You did? No, of, of course. course. Oh, boy. Well, yes. I hope I, I, it was good. Well, thank you for that. What's the great town? And aren't you, aren't you sorry that Lori Lightfoot lost her election? Aren't you grieving?
2: You know, it was uh, <laughs> it, it, it was an interesting election, and um, you know, it's uh, we'll see what happens in the runoff. <laughs> yes, but look, it's a beautiful city that we love, and yes. like so many cities across the America across America, it's, it, it's being destroyed from within uh, for multiple reasons. So let's hope that we, the city that we love, that we grew up near, um, always will be our hometown. Will yes. be what it once was.
0: I'm hoping people have awakened a little bit with the loss of, with Lori Lightfoot getting yes. defeated. So, anyway, well, that's not what we're here to talk about. Julie, you, I'm sure, have brought interest, but you have become the expert on all things January the 6th. You know, I cover this a lot, but I don't cover this. You cover this a lot, and I use your stuff a lot, as you know. know. By Thank the way, uh, Julie is a senior writer for American Greatness, among other things. Uh, so, um, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to begin. I have... Uh, Jay Sixers uh, yes. approaching me all the time. I interview a lot of them. How I want to ask you just simply, how do you keep track? There's so many of them. There's so many stories. Is that a challenge for you? Or do you, you know, do you have like a chart? How do you keep, tra- I'm serious. How do you keep track of all their stories?
2: Well, I can't, unfortunately. Um, you know, there are certain cases, especially the ones that I started covering at the beginning that I continue to follow. Um, their January 6th defendants or family members who I am closer with. It's impossible, Sandy, because of how the cases are proceeding and because this FBI is still investigating and arresting people every single week. We have almost a 1,000 criminal defendants. Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney, warned in the Washington Post last year that that caseload will double. That he wants a total number of 2,000. Now, Sandy, when was the last time you heard a top DOJ official say this crime happened? Two years later, we're still investigating, and we have a th- we want X amount of defendants because for what? That's a that's that's like your quota.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. It is absurd. And I saw Merrick Garland just last week make a statement about it, how they're arresting more people, and he's like, has his head up in this the most arrogant posture. You, it's, isn't it funny how it's physically palpable? The, the eyes, the, the arrogance, it's not subtle. They, they are, uh, they're full of themselves and full of their wickedness, I think. But um, I'm curious about something because uh, the House Republicans did a report on January the 6th, and y- you know all about that. But one of the phrases that they used to describe the J6ers was uh, uh, criminal rioters. In their report, they used the term criminal rioters. Now, to me, that's problematic. I don't know if it's... I think of all of these guys going before the... And these juries that will not give them a fair trial, these judges that are... They don't need any more fuel. That that was very disturbing to me.
2: Um, if they did use that term, and I don't recall, but I, obviously I tr- trust that what you're saying is true, um, it's just not... It's inexcusable. Um, you should not have members of a party that is now under full legal and judicial siege by this heartless cruel vengeful regime you should not be borrowing their language to talk about and it it, you could it. maybe it applies to the most violent offenders it doesn't matter when you use words like that it endorses the left's narrative about January 6th it contributes to the decimation of these people's lives reputations livelihood um, and it just shows your own weakness you know it, it, if they've described them that way they should remove it from the report and they should consi- they should um, describe them as political protesters or just defendants.
0: Julie, you've been uh, you've been on Capitol Hill and you've been briefing some of our mutual friends in Congress. Yes. And you can't name names and I don't want you to. Uh, but are you does it seem to you that they're listening finally? Because I feel like for the last two years, they haven't been listening. They don't want to talk about it. It's like, no, 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 no. It's too much of a hot potato. They're afraid of it. Are they listening?
2: I think they are listening. And I'll tell you why, Sandy. This is a huge issue with the base. And it's because of people like you and the grassroots organizations and, you know, media on the right who bothered to pay attention to this this is a huge issue for the base. So the House Republicans, whether it's leadership or whoever, are not doing this because they're, you know, all of a sudden justice warriors for January 6th or the rule of law or due process. No, they are getting an earful from their constituents and their donors. And I can sense the shift from, say, mid-2021, when no one would talk to me except Louie Gohmert and Marjorie Taylor and Paul, and, and Paul Gosar. Yeah to the end of that year, to 2022, when they were reaching out and they're saying, we have to do something. As one House Republican said to me last month, it's shifted from what can you do for these people to do something for these people.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, uh, I was in a meeting just this week where we were encouraging (laughs) certain people uh, to use you as a resource. Have they reached out to you? Any of these investigative committees yet?
2: Yes. Some of them have. Okay. The oh, the House- so Yes, the members have, their staff. Um, so to the extent that they want some specific information, um, yes. And I've offered myself as a resource, and I've been meeting with them. Some, for whatever reason, do not want to work with me, um, which sort of makes me question their seriousness about pursuing it. Um, but look, this is a hot potato issue. I've been on it since day one. I've been very critical of Republicans for not doing anything. So, you know, some of them uh, maybe keep their feelings hurt for a while. I don't know. But you know what, Sandy, I've said to myself from the beginning and I've said about January 6th defendants, I can't get involved in the drama. I can't worry about who's reaching out to me, who's not. I mean, this is such a mission for the people ensnared in this, for the country. And now that I really think we're at an at a, a inflection point, it's really changing with the release of the videos with body-worn camera footage. And you saw the poll this week from Rasmussen. 80% of Americans want to see this secret video that the government's been <laughs> hiding. They want to see it. Isn't 61%! percent is 61%, including almost a majority of Democrats, said that they believe federal agents were involved in provoking oh the events. Look, this is, so for the base, and you know this, and it's it keeps growing the american people on our side are really very suspicious about what happened on january 6th
0: i'm so happy and i have to say julie one thing that one niche that you have filled uh, that i really appreciate this is what i don't do you you are very you're a journalist so you are really reporting you're very careful you're not careless i get emotional and you know rail, rail away because i do get so emotional i'm not a journalist but i appreciate that about you um on the area of um, uh, criminal defense, you know that we don't. You know that so many of the people have had horrible representation. People that were actually their enemies. Are we are we getting any more money, any more traction there in getting defense, and even also getting this uh, venue to be moved out of Washington D.C.?
2: I think that there are more attorneys willing to step up. You know the the concern and the the reality when after January sixth, and we saw this with the election, um, people who were defending Trump in the election lawsuits, is that you had this vicious left and the media who were doxing attorneys. You'll recall that happened in Pennsylvania. Um, you now have. Uh, uh, legal um, activist groups who are seeking to disbar attorneys and have been successful okay. in the John cases Eastman. John Eastman mm. and Rudy Giuliani, mm. and they're going after mm. Jeff Clark's uh, law license. This is serious. I mean, so uh, there were a lot of defense attorney criminal defense attorneys, who would not step up. I think we're seeing more. But to your point, the public defenders who were assigned, they made it very clear. And I heard this from the beginning that they had contempt for their own clients. They hated Donald Trump. They told them that. How could you vote for him? Then they would force them to, you know, read these re-education books and, and recant, movies. like Martin Luther, and
0: recant their beliefs.
2: Yes, yeah. have judges ask them, do you believe Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Do you still believe in the election lies of Donald Trump? And they would have, you know, their, their lives are on the line, even for a misdemeanor. So we can't, I can't put myself in their shoes because they are desperate to salvage whatever little life that they have back. So if they think they can, you know, mollify this judge by saying, yes, Joe Biden, but they, it, it never happens. Look, this is Marxist banana republic style legal judicial system in our nation's capital These judges know it. They refuse to move a single trial out of Washington, D.C., even though DOJ has a nearly 99% conviction rate. You had a huge conflict with January 6th televised committee. You had televised nighttime committee hearings talking about defendants who were on trial two blocks away from the Capitol building at the federal courthouse. You're mentioning you have lawmakers, top lawmakers, Mentioning the names of people who are on trial for serious crimes like seditious conspiracy. Um, And this is happening during the jury selection process in this very tiny city that is the most democratically partisan, 92% voted for Joe Biden. And this is what these people are up against. It's so rigged. I call it the legal and judicial circle of hell. Um, and so that's what you're seeing is happening to these people. There's no way out, unfortunately.
0: One last question. You and I both know that almost every story is a sad one. I can't think of any happy endings so far of all the J6ers I've interviewed, their stories, their families. Has anybody, from your perspective, gotten
2: justice? No, no one has gotten justice, but I'll tell you even a horrible story I heard today. um, I'm always amazed at the resiliency of these people. It's driven by their faith, even though they've lost everything. The man I talked to today, his own mother said, I want nothing to do with you because you've shamed the family name. He was charged with misdemeanors, his own mother. People whose churches have told uh, have told them, but their resiliency, their faith in God, and their love for this country—that is always like I just got chills thinking about I'd the man saying that. Thing. And they are same truly thing. amazing people. And I will tell you, the people responsible for this—the Assistant U.S. Attorneys, Merrick Garland, Lisa Monaco, Matthew Graves, these judges—you don't have the type of faith and belief and values that most of these people have. And I will tell you, I pray for karma for them. I won't pray. I, my prayers are a lot different for those people than they are for the J6ers because I don't believe that they can get away with this evil that they have and that at some point there's not some measure of comeuppance. And will that be shutting down these agencies, will it be overturning, will it be losing their jobs if a Republican wins the White House in 2024? I don't know. But they should be haunted by what they're doing to these people who they know did not commit any violent crime, did not even know they were committing a crime, begging for mercy in these courthouses, and watching these judges and prosecutors gratified by the pain they're inflicted. Inflicting it is really a demented, degenerate climate, um, and so when I look for hope and I hear people who've rebuilt their lives, or even people like Brandon Strzok, what he's done is amazing. I tell him, you are a role model because you've been through hell and you have risen from that. So there is hope. So there are some happy endings.
0: Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good way to end, Julie. I uh, thank you. I know you're so busy. So. Go on and give somebody else the truth that doesn't actually know what you and I've shared. Well, Sandy, We're partners in you. this. I, yes, I just we are. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. God bless you, you, Julie. Thank you for covering
2: all my work from the beginning and getting this to a totally different audience who I know are praying every night for these people like mm-hmm. you are and you know helping sustain them with your faith and, and love for the country.
0: Thank you, Julie. Thank Julie you. Kelly. Julie Kelly never disappoints. It's always a privilege to talk to her, and uh, I don't know how she keeps track of it all, but she does. She stays on top of it. She goes to the courtroom. She listens to trials. Uh, She visits with the families. It's just amazing. She's providing a service that no one no one else really seems willing to do. Others are writing about this, but no one quite like Julie. So it's always a privilege to be able to get an update from her. And if you have a comment about something that you heard, something that Julie said, or any uh, anyone is saying on these broadcasts, or something that Bruce and I are saying, you can comment at 662-821-2040. Just leave your, leave your comments, and we're, we're going to be using these on the air. 662 821 Four zero, or you can write us always at sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. We are on all the social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter and Getter and all the rest of them. And so you can find us there. Just look for Sandy Rios 24-7. And you can hear this podcast at our home base, AFR.net. You can download the app, AFR Talk, which is just great because it's so convenient. You can listen anytime, any place, anywhere in the world. Uh, But you can also listen on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Amazon, whatever your favorite is. So I hope that you'll avail yourself of those outlets. But next we have a young wife, Sarah Maccabee, who has a story about what's happening with her husband. She also has a story of a prisoner that we have discussed. We've talked to him before more than once in the D.C. Gulag. His name is Shane Jenkins. He has an incredible story. And we're going to revisit that story, too. So, uh, you know, don't go away. Sit back. Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios
3: 24-7. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow, too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infoagemedia 247 at gmail.com. That's infoagemedia 247 at gmail.com.
0: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Well, if you listen to me at all, you know that one of my, the most important topics to me has been for the last, um, since January the 6th of 2021, has been January the 6th, and I've done a number of interviews with uh, the guys, many of the guys that are incarcerated in various places, and not even one person, one woman, I think she's the J6 grandma who had cancer I interviewed her uh, and I interviewed the, uh, the sister uh, the aunt of Matthew Perna who committed suicide and I could go on and on because I, I this is hard to take, it's hard to hear these stories and I just feel pretty passionate about helping them in any way I can so uh, one of the first uh, guys I interviewed a long time ago was Shane Jenkins. Shane uh, is in the D.C. Gulag. He still is in the D.C. Gulag. Um, And so he has started, we're going to talk about his story, uh, but he started this thing called Operation Love Wins. And representing Shane and that effort is Sarah McAbee uh, sitting across from here here at CPAC. Hi, Sarah.
3: Hi, thank you for having us on. What's, well, how do you know Shane? Uh, through my husband. My husband's a J6-er, Ronald oh. Colton McAbee. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so I met Shane when my husband was in the gulag, and Shane's just become my best friend.
0: <laughs> the last time I talked to him, and it's been a while, I need to talk to him again because he's. I can't believe he's still there. Yeah, I can't it, believe he's t- still there. Tomorrow here. is two years. I just can't stand it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the wife for the cousin. I just can't stand it. So your husband, is he still incarcerated
3: also? He is, 18 months. And where is he? Um, he was in DC for a while, but he was assaulted, and so they moved him. Um, so he is in his sixth facility right now. Where is can you say? Yeah, he's in Alexandria. He's been everywhere. He started in Kentucky, went to Oklahoma, was in DC in two different um, facilities in in Virginia. He was a sheriff's deputy for seven years when January 6 happened, and so he's just constantly on the watch list and under protective custody.
0: You know, uh, I've heard it said. See if you agree with this that they're moving these guys around because they don't. They form bonds, as you know. They form these strong, incredible bonds in prison. Um, and it makes them stronger, and so they want to break them up and move them around.
3: Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the first things that my husband said to me was when he was moved from D.C. He was like, I didn't know what I had until it was gone because he was comfortable there. I mean, him being a cop on the other side of, you know, the bars was just very scary for a long time, and then when he got there in the Patriot pod and he could just let his guard down and he, he created a brotherhood with these men, and then all of a sudden it was yanked away from him. Does, has he found
0: that kind of felt, maybe it takes time to develop those relationships, but still, has he found um, like a, a sort of a brotherhood everywhere now or no?
3: Yeah, there's usually one or two guys that he ends up being able to tell his story to. Um, one of the guys actually uh, was just a regular inmate and now he's out and we communicate while he's on the outside. He keeps up with my husband and what's going on with him.
0: What, what is your husband's story? What happened?
3: Uh, he was uh, giving Roseanne Boylan CPR when she died. It
0: seems to me that the guys that I've interviewed, well, they are read about even, I haven't interviewed, that are in the most trouble are the ones that were in that tunnel yes. uh, trying to save her and uh, Philip, uh, the, the the black activist. Yes. Um, and then um, the woman that was beaten. Uh, Victoria, Victoria White. Victoria White. Yes. Yeah, so these guys are, and there are videos now. Do you know anything about... Do you have any idea what's in that video that's just been released, or is it too early for you guys to know about, know of that or what's in there?
3: All of the footage that was just released? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've heard conflicting reports that supposedly most of it has already been out. There's only very little. And then this morning we were reading an article that a judge, um, not in D.C., a federal judge somewhere is um, wanting more information about why this stuff has been hidden for so long. And so it definitely seems like the tide is turning um, but 44,000 hours of video is almost five years of watching video, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So you ask yourself, how, how are we going to get this out to the general public for them to know what truly happened that day?
0: I just heard this week that there is a, um, a Rasmussen poll on Americans and how they feel about this. did you? Are you familiar with this? Uh-uh. I, and it's an amazing amount. Was, as I recall, it was like 80% of Americans feel uh, that there were infiltrators uh, of some type, either a police, bad, nefarious police, or other infiltrators. And there's other parts of the question. But that's amazing, Sarah, because you know we've had a—it's been a slog. I mean, as being in media, it's been a slog to get people to have the right— A balanced view about this. Right. It was completely uphill at first with all the propaganda that hit the airwaves immediately.
3: We felt like we were on an island for a really long time because nobody wanted to touch it. No. You know, same thing with attorneys and whatnot. They just—it's suicide to their careers, Mm -hmm. and it's—it's just sad to see that very few people now. Courage is contagious, and it seems like people are like, oh, okay, these aren't bad people. But you know, they just recently released the song. singing with these J6ers as they sing the anthem every night. And one of the things, they're like, oh, well, the people that are charged with assault, they're they're not going to get anything from this song. And you're like my husband is charged with an assault three assaults and he was a police officer trying to save Roseanne Boylan's life my best friend Shane Jenkins is charged with assault and he was also right there with Victoria and Roseanne so people are automatically passing judgment and they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty and, and that's just not what happened and happening
0: and not held for nearly three years one guy's getting ready. I interviewed this week is getting ready to, to spend have his third birthday yeah. third birthday yeah. in jail Um well, when I interviewed Shane, uh, the last time I interviewed him, I, it was incredible. Honestly, Sarah, I'm sure this is not new to you. Uh, but the 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 commitment, in his case, to Christ, the worship, uh, the selflessness, was just amazing. As a matter of fact, just let me read just a little bit about what he wrote here. Here in the C2B... C-2-B, D.C. Gitmo. He he was talking about Thanksgiving. He said there are Marines, Green Beret, an army who fought for the very government that now defame them, confines them, and denies them justice. These men are thankful for their families who have not seen them in months and may not recognize them if they did. They are denied visits, video visits, lawyer visits, deprived of the ability to hold their wives and children, deprived of human contact. One man's child even told his wife, Mommy, I can't remember what daddy's face looks like. And then he says, but we are thankful and we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope." does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's Romans 5, and he goes on. But that's a touch of it. So out of that, shame's mind and heart has come this operation Love Wins. Um, Well, let me ask you personally, how long has it been since you were able to hold your husband or be with him?
3: I, I have not seen my husband at all. And two years 18 months 18 months you have children no children
0: um, so Operation Love Wins is kind of trying to be a band-aid for this yes. a really important band-aid but a band-aid yeah. and tell us about it
3: Uh, So uh, I work with Shane in The Real J6. And when this all came about in uh, January, um, Mr. Troy Nels went in there and he said they they, they need visits. It's been two years. They need visits. And so that's what he did. They did in-person visits within a week. And the pod was really happy. And then it was all of a sudden like there was just this lull and a reality hit where these men are like most of them are the breadwinners of their families and they've been gone for two years. And so now you're asking them on top of the legal bills and the mortgages they're trying to pay, put food on the table, keep their kids in school, all these different things that they're having to pay. And now you're asking them to fly across the country to spend one, maybe two hours with their loved one and it's really expensive and so the next day Shane called me and we had already talked about it as a team and I was like there's got to be something that we can do you know the general public has been so good in helping them with legal bills and and just everything they can you know whether they have a voice or whatever it might be and so Shane was like let's put something together and I want to call it Operation Love Wins and I was like you know we were just already on the same page kind of weird you know we just met him for the first time yesterday and it was like just like this connection you know we've done all of this just over the phone um, and so we were already on the same wavelength and so we launched Operation Love Wins and we decided that we were going to pay for a family of four for each individual that's in there, uh, round-trip tickets or transportation if, if they're close uh, hotel stay per diem and then transportation while they're here.
0: And, uh, okay, so let me just say to my listeners, uh, these, there are several things that I've asked of you this last few years. Many of you have taken on writing to the prisoners. Uh, that's uh, uh, Patriot Project, PatriotMailProject.com. And that's a great source of information, by the way, PatriotMailProject.com. And it's not too late to write them here. Heaven only knows when these guys are going to get out. I, I just, uh, I, we, I, I think Congress should just shut down. Just stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop whatever it is you're doing until these guys get out and are reunited with their families. Uh, but, um, and we've asked other things too, but this is important. And so if this is something that you'd like to help with, you can go to Give, send, Go and look for the real J6. Is that right? Did uh, I get that right?
3: It's Give, Send, Go backslash uh, Love wins. Love
0: and, Wins, okay.
3: And then it's also on our website, too. If you go to therealj6.com backslash okay. love wins, it has more information on there as well.
0: Okay, therealj6 backslash lovewins. Yes. And uh, that'll link you to their give, and go. And, you know, even if you, no matter what you can afford, it's going to help. It'll allow someone like, uh, like Sarah here or who doesn't. These guys had businesses. Many of them were police, military, and they, they, they've lost all their income. Many of them have lost their any any kind of benefits. They've lost their homes. Many of them have lost their families, actually their wives, and you're, yes. you're amazing. To, I mean, I think you should stand by your husband, but I want to affirm you that you've stood by your husband. That's the way it should be, but it's not easy. I know it's not easy. So God bless you, Sarah. Thank you. And uh, so we need to help reunite these families and give them some relief. Give, send, go, and you go to um, therealj6.com, and that will give, and go, slash, love, wins, and therealj6.com are the sources of information about that. Also, you can give mileage. Like if you've got a lot of mileage, like Bruce and I do, we have a lot of mileage uh, on a on an airline. And uh, if you go to info at therealj6.com, you can donate your mileage, yes. uh, and they can turn around and use that for these families. So, um, so Sarah, now help me understand: you, you cannot get into the,
3: you can't get in to see your husband. No, because of COVID, they say there's no visit. Oh, the, now? Yes.
0: Now because of COVID? Oh, yes, of
3: course. I've tried to see him three different times in two facilities, two in D.C., and then uh, a facility he was at in Kentucky turned away after they told me that I could see him every single time. I make the trip, and I go, and I'm not able to see him. You know what?
0: That sounds like the stuff of lawsuits. Like um, That sounds like Matt Saver, Liberty Counsel. Do you know who Matt is? Yes. Yeah, Matt's had some really good success fighting back. For the military so maybe this would be good and j6 too right yeah so um all right uh, so anything else that you sarah that you can think of that we have not covered anything you want people to know about your husband and the other j6 yeah
3: so with the real j6 uh, we send out a newsletter every month and it comes from the guys on the inside so we record interviews with them getting messages out to their families um just updates on their cases Um, And so if you go to therealjay6.com and sign up for the newsletter, it comes once a month in an email. um, And you can just stay up to date with the guys that are in the inside. Sarah,
0: are you working? Do you have a job? I do. I work two full-time jobs. And um, how do you sustain yourself? Now, I just affirmed you for standing by your husband, and I can't say enough about that. Thank you. But how... What, who, what's your support system?
3: Uh, my family is my support system. They've, they've been my rock through this entire thing. And then, um, you know, outside of what I do for work, this this really fuels my fire, um, being involved with Shane and The Real J6, because he is a very godly person, and he just, you know, breathes life into every single person. It's like, you know, he's not a woe is me type of man at all. He's always looking at other people and saying, how can I help better them? Um, you know his story is pretty incredible, as you know from from interviewing him. And I say all the time that as bad as the situation is right now, God has him right where he needs him to be because he is the rock of C two B.
0: Yeah, I found that out when I talked to him. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking, I mean, he just ministered to me, ministered my socks off, if I could say it that way. But, uh, you know, because people, that was some time ago. Yeah. So can you give us a
3: recap of Shane's story? Yeah. So um, Shane has a very troubled past, to say the least. Um, he was just running, running from God. He had, he had said he was like he knew, uh, looking back in times of his life, and he knew, he knew God was there. Um, but he had a lot happen in his family life. Um, and he, he went to prison for, for, I think it was a total of 16 years, um, on and off. And he was trying to fill a void in his heart. And when he was in prison, the last time before this had happened, um, there was a group that had come in through Houston called Charm. And they came and ministered to them. They played basketball with them. They brought in all types of food. And then he was like, why why? On on the weekend, why are these ladies and, the, and these men coming in to, to prison, you know? And he, he never felt like he was enough and never felt like he was worthy. And that day when, when they were ministering to him, he just, he accepted God to be his, his savior. And he just really felt like God said, son, you know, I love you and it doesn't matter what's happened in your past. And he was just he is somebody that has truly been transformed by the grace of God. I mean, you just... You know, it's funny when we talk about his past and stuff. I'm like, do you ever feel like that was like almost like a movie? Because he's just so different than, than what he came from. But his story is just so touching. And you can see him being transformed by the grace of God. And he is literally doing the hands and feet, the work of Jesus.
0: I don't... I, I, you are not overstating it. Yeah. I know that that's true. In fact... Um, I want to read a little bit more of his own words. He says, We have counted the cost and determined this great republic is worth every second of this suffering. We honor those who came before us and paid a much greater cost and those who will come after us. These are good men being crushed by government that is supposed to serve them. I pray that God heard the prayer from our circle yesterday, the prayer of suffering men longing for home, for family, for friends. I pray that every empty seat at, and this is a holiday when he wrote this, Thanksgiving, will be filled next Thanksgiving. I pray for righteousness to invite, invade this country and root out the corruption that is so prevalent. I pray we place God back on his rightful place on the altar of this republic's heart. And all of our hearts, may the Father of us all bless you today and speak to your hearts about how much you are loved by him. And please help my Dallas Cowboys also, Lord.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. It's just, it's just so moving, honestly. It's just so touching. He's such an inspiration to so many people on the inside and the outside. It's just that is him day in and day out. It doesn't matter what's going on in his life. He, he picks up the phone and calls you, and he's just a breath of fresh air. And he encourages you. He encourages the men on the inside, and he literally is just doing God's work.
0: And so with that, one last time to those of you listening, uh, would you be willing to help pay for someone like Sarah or Shane's family or any of the, them that have children that haven't seen their their fathers in two years? If you'd like to help them come visit with their dads, their husbands, go to love uh, give, send, go slash love wins or go to and or go to therealj6.com slash love wins. Or you can send your mileage, if you have lots of mileage, uh, to info at therealj6.com. Sarah Maccabee you did a great job representing uh, Shane today, and I thank you, and God bless you and keep you. Thank you. Uh, God willing, it won't be too much longer.
3: No, I say it, it's only a matter of time at this point, so we just got to stand firm. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure.
0: Wow, I uh, that's amazing. I just that's so moving, and I think it is bound to be moving for all of you to hear Sarah's story and hear the story of just Shane Jenkins. It just um, it's amazing how God works in dark places like that. And in a, in a second, Bruce is going to join me to discuss this. But let me remind you that we are sponsored by Preborn. We couldn't have these discussions without their help, and uh, they're in the business of trying to save the lives of babies. Uh, other another group of people that have been targeted for destruction. Interesting. It's amazing how the enemy works. Uh, He destroys completely and totally, at least that's his goal. And it's uh, from uh, adult men to babies, tiny babies, just just destruction, destruction of families. And that's, uh, that's what we're trying to push back on. And we are doing it in practical ways. Remember that Jesus said to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Well, it's pretty wise to provide a picture in utero of your baby that's not born yet and let you see it and then decide that probably... You don't want to terminate that little person that you're seeing for the very first time. Preborn does that by providing ultrasounds. They're only $28 for each ultrasound. $140 provides five ultrasounds. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. I've asked Bruce to join me, as always. Bruce, for those of you who have not been listening to this show, this may be the first time you've listened to Sandy Rios 24-7. Bruce is my sweetheart, also known as my husband, a former FBI agent who, you know, helps me think through these things. And uh, he's been sitting here listening to this interview with Julie and with Sarah. I'd be really curious to know what your response, what you heard that really stood out to you, Bruce.
1: Well, first of all, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I... I know we throw around that term, political prisoners, but I really believe that is the case with these gentlemen and these ladies. Um, What strikes me most of all is it never seems to fail that these people that have been targeted are great people. They're first responders. They're soldiers. They're paramedics. They're family people. They're people of faith. There are people that have never been arrested, many of them, for anything in their past. And the discrepancy with which they are being treated by our government compared to people that rioted in the streets for years with Black Lives Matter and with Antifa and other groups, it breaks my heart.
0: I know. It's just, uh, it is unconscionable. And, you know, when, I think it was Director Ray. Or, or maybe it was the Attorney General that was asked in a hearing in Congress just uh, in the recent days, and they were asked they're asked why they didn't why didn't they arrest or punish people who were burning down buildings and rioting, uh, and the, certainly in the summer of 2020. And I think it was the Attorney General who said, "Well, they did it at oh, it was the clinics. Uh, it was destroying the pregnancy clinics, uh, and so he was saying the Attorney General said it was because they did it at night. That's the reason." Oh. They couldn't, they couldn't arrest them because they did
1: it at night. Yeah, no. as a former law enforcement person, that, that made me cringe. Like, uh, most crimes, I hate to break it to the Attorney General of the United States, but most crimes happen at night. And if that was the excuse that we can't solve the crime because it was committed at night, we'd have very few people arrested.
0: Bruce, this is really your area. I mean, you were uh, a, a prosecutor, Cook County prosecutor, and then an FBI agent. You spent your life you know, enforcing the law, and so this is, this is a very interesting thing for you to comment on. And so I'm really curious to think, what else, when you were listening to Julie and to, to Sarah, what else occurs to you?
1: Well, it's like a complete perversion of, the, of um, our system of law. Um, it seems like the bad guys are working for the government and that the good guys are the people that have been jailed. I mean, you think about the time that many of these defendants have been incarcerated, 18 months to two years. You know, as married couples, sometimes one of you will leave on a business trip for one week, and by the time you get home, your spouse is like, wow, you know, while you were away, this was really tough. The kids were bad, you know, uh, the, something happened to the, the lawnmower or something broke in the house, and and that becomes a big deal. Think about these people. For the most part, a lot of these people that were arrested were either the sole or the main breadwinner for these families. They have young children. You heard Sarah. She hasn't seen her husband since he got arrested a year and a half ago. Hasn't even seen him and was promised three times she could see him and then then was denied. Think of what that is doing to these families.
0: It is uh, an abomination. I think that's the best word to use. And and Julie was talking about justice, the injustice, and that that she, well, she used the word karma. She hoped that karma came down to these people. I'd like to just talk about this biblically for a second because um, I talk about justice pretty often. I think on the opening of this podcast, there's a quote from me about God's justice Seek justice, God's justice, not man's justice. And I want to kind of quantify. I was just reading in the book of Amos. Amos was a prophet who saw the corruption of his day, and God spoke through him. And this is what God said to Amos to tell the, the people in charge then But you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. Wormwood is like rotten wood. You have turned justice into poison. And the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. And then he says in a different passage, But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. There will be justice. I don't know if we're going to see it in this life. I don't know. But I guarantee you, I would not want to be in the shoes of Merrick Garland. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of any of those judges who have no mercy, who find themselves mocking along with the the attorneys at the punishment. They're dealing out on these poor, poor people who've been trying to do what's right. They were actually trying to do what was right on that day. Uh, There will be severe judgment and it will be God's judgment because he knows the thoughts discerns the thoughts and the motives of each and every one of us. And so with that, I hope you were challenged by this discussion, and I hope that you'll do something to help the, the Love Wins effort. And uh, you can go to patriotmailproject.com to write to these guys uh, uh, the j 6com is a source of information. There are a lot of sources right now. Uh, Julie Kelly's stuff in American Greatness, just Google Julie Kelly, and you'll read uh, just a trove, a treasure trove of information. I hope you'll do that. If you have a comment, you can call us at 662-821-2040, or you can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can contact us on social media, Facebook and Twitter and all those other things that are possible, and you can listen to us at AFR.net and all the podcast platforms. We thank you so much for listening today, and I hope that you'll come back and listen again to Sandy Rios 24-7.